Keeping Podcast Weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Moon Towers, Sean Colvin, J. Frank Doby, The Flame Trick Subs, Jim Hightower, Turk Pipkin, Zilker Park, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats. It's a slippery slope with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey, man. Good evening. I'm doing good, Lodger. How are you? Good. It's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, good to hear you too. Yeah. Wow. We had a we didn't see much of each other this week. We just well we saw each other Saturday night, but I don't know why it doesn't. We didn't. It, well, we heard some music. We had some good dinner. I guess we talked a little bit. I yeah I just we feel did. Like we didn't hang out much. Yeah, I, I don't think, know why that is. Well, you know, uh, the audience probably doesn't know this, but it, this past weekend was my birthday weekend, and uh, I won't uh, mention how old I am now, but... Uh, We're not going to do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of activity going on. I only saw you uh, Saturday night, but it was it was pretty action-packed for the most part. Did you guys go out on Friday nights? Yes, we did. I was about to mention that to you. So (laughs) Friday night, as kind of part of a birthday present to me, Sierra bought us tickets to go to see Alabama Shakes at the Austin 360 Amphitheater. So I wanted to go to that show. I love Alabama Shakes. Yeah, had had I known or had Sierra known that you liked Alabama Shakes, we certainly would have gotten a third ticket because they had some of Available seats. That's not to say that there wasn't a huge crowd to see Alabama Shakes. I, I swear. And and this I is think, it's definitely. I think me and Sierra talked about it, but I I yeah. had already realized I had plans for that night. Oh, okay, okay. I couldn't believe uh, how many people were there for the show. I mean. We're talking about all of their parking lots were full, or at least all the parking lots that are available for the amphitheater were full, and, you know, so. All due credit to uh, the Austin 360 Amphitheater. They are very good at moving people. So it's like once you, I mean, it was a little bit difficult getting, you know, to the parking lots just because there were so many people pulling in about the same time that, that we were. But obviously they had ample parking because it seemed like everybody managed to find parking and we got there a little bit late um you know the show started like at seven o'clock alabama shakes didn't go on till eight but uh, we got there maybe seven thirty. so we actually ended up just missing the opening act and i didn't even remember or look up who the opening act was now okay well i'll just insert it here the opening act was corinne bailey ray <laughs> But we but we missed it, so you know I was a little bit disappointed. But it's so hard getting off of work at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, going home, you know, and picking up Sierra, and then driving all the way from Round Rock to way South Austin. So anyway, we missed the opening act. What can I say? But so you went to the uh, 360 Amphitheater, right? And and where is that? Uh, it's right next, right next door, part of the, uh, uh, Formula One, uh, racing complex. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's way... I haven't been out there. I haven't yeah. been out there. 
right? It's like way southeast Austin. I'm not. Right. Su- I'm not sure it's even inside the Austin city limits. But if it's out, it's just out. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't. I haven't. I, every time someone says the Austin 360, in my mind, I think of One World Theater, and and I think it's because I haven't been to either one of those places yet. And right. so they just get mixed, even though they don't even sound like the same place. For some reason, I mix them up in my mind. Yeah. It's a really big venue. Uh, you know, they have what they call the um, the lawn area, which is behind the seating area. And this is all outdoors. So it was really nice that the weather was nice and cool Friday night. Because I guess there was like a mild cold front that had come through or was in the process of coming through. So it, it was comfortable. Wasn't wasn't bad at all. So it was a great show. And uh, Alabama Shakes did not disappoint, I must say. If uh, people in the audience don't know anything about Alabama Shakes, Shakes. They are a band out of uh, Alabama. Go figure. <laughs> Imagine that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess the best way to describe them, they're kind of a fiery blues rock mixed with hard-hitting southern soul. I mean, that's the best description I can give for it. Uh, the greatest thing about Alabama Shakes is uh, the lead singer, Brittany Howard, who also happens... Oh, yeah, she also happens to play um, guitar at the same time, so she's a double threat, let me tell you. <laughs> Just, you know, the range of emotions to, uh, and the power of her voice is amazing, and I'm sure you can vouch for me on that, Lodger. You, I'm sure you've heard oh, yeah. some performances yeah. of hers. And uh, Actually, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, I have both of their albums, and I listen to them on occasion, but what I've noticed about um, her and them is mm-hmm. anytime I see them on TV playing live on like Saturday Night Live or I th- I think they've done an Austin City Limits I could be wrong um, no you're I've right seen them play yeah I've seen them play live on TV and several different things Tonight Show type things that sort of thing and every time it's freaking amazing and it just makes you go wow they're great on record and they're great live. I really want to see them live. Yeah, and I just haven't. It just hasn't worked out to where I can. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I wish you could have, could have come along with us. It would it would have been a fun time. Definitely was. I yeah. had a I had an event that I had been waiting for for like two or three months, and so I uh, yeah I, <laughs> I had to make a tough choice. Oh, that's right. Didn't you go to see a a movie that was part of a film festival that was going on in town? Yeah, I um I have some friends from Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a friend really from Houston, who's kind of like it's a it's a it's a one of those weird things where it's like a friend of a friend of a friend kind of a thing. But um, I, you know, my best friend in high school, his his brother is actually the one who did the website File Thirteen with me when I did the movie review website I did in the early two thousands here in Austin. Oh. And so his name is his name's Chuck Norfolk, and he is right. he is part of this collective in Houston that make films and he's made several so he basically makes films and helps other people make their films and so that it's it's kind of this cool little uh community thing they have going there and um so um chuck has a couple of movies coming out uh one of them that he has coming out right now is called uh, getting schooled it's kind of like a Breakfast Club meets slasher film. Oh, <laughs> um, that looks looks great. Looks fantastic. Can't wait to see it. Um, okay. And then uh, he also did a film called Haunted Trailer, which is a real goofy hillbilly horror movie that's 
that's uh, funny has moments it's not <laughs> it's not the greatest movie ever i mean okay. the big star of the movie is ron jeremy so um well <laughs> there you go man they yeah, they, yeah. they spared no expense spared no expense um so you know chuck chuck is uh, got an interesting sense of humor and uh he you know he writes his, his own stuff with his brother tim and and um he, you know, he's a great friend of mine. And so, you know, I love checking out his work and seeing what he's doing. And nice. he has this this friend in Houston. His name's Joe Grisafi. And Grisafi made a movie back in, I think it was in the late 90s, called The Laughing Boy. Maybe it was early 2000s, um, hmm. which I reviewed I reviewed for the website. And, um, and then later on, Grisafi and, and uh, Chuck Norfolk kind of became friends in Houston after I moved to Austin. And um, they helped each other out on their movies, and they made a movie together called um, Conjoined, which is about conjoined twins who go who go on a murder spree. Um, wow. So anyway, okay. yeah. So anyway, uh, Joe Grisafi made this movie called Lars the Emo Kid. Well, a couple of years ago, it's one of those things where, again, friend of a friend. I have a, a friend of my nephew, Michael. Mm-hmm was was friends with another guy named Paxton Gilmore and uh this friend told me uh Paxton Gilmore was going to be in this movie called Lars the Emo Kid based on some short films he'd done and put on on YouTube well who's directing it Joe Grisafi ah. so like this movie this movie has been in development for since about Joe told me it was since about 2010 that they've been working on it so for oh, six hell. years now wow yeah so there's this film festival in Austin that I've never heard of called the Austin Revolution Film Festival. And it's a small hmm. festival. Their, their deal is trying to get smaller films uh, seen in a festival format. So there's a lot, they do, try to do a lot of local stuff, but also, you know, they have submissions and, and uh, filmmakers come from all over uh, the country and the world actually um, to Austin. And, um, so the, a lot of short films, um, and I didn't really get to see anything but Lars the Emo Kid, but there were quite a few people there. Uh, the main, they do some screenings at the Alamo Draft House. They did some screenings at the Doubletree Hotel downtown here. Yeah. Um, so, so I got to go and see Lars the Emo Kid, which I've been waiting to see for about three years now. Okay. And um, it's, it's a really great film. It's a, uh, uh, it's it's a little different. Um, the guy who wrote it and stars in it, Paxton Gilmore, is amazing. Um, it's funny because he's an adult now, and in the movie he's like 16, so he looks completely different now than he does in the movie. Wow. Um, yeah, well. But it's it's just a, a kind of a, 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 a cute, funny, very – there's a very Texas feel to it about uh, this kid who's kind of an outsider, and um, – and his mom and dad are going through a divorce and he's kind of sad about it. And he's sad about a lot of things. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's, but it's also a comedy and there, I couldn't, you know, I can't, I'm not good at remembering lines in movies, but there's a couple, I mean, I must've laughed out loud at least 10 or 12 times. There's some really funny, funny things in the movie. Well, that's and a good sign. Really. Yeah. And then there's also some really, um, uh, you know, serious and kind of uh, um, poignant movie, uh, poignant moments in the movie. So ah. it it has a lot going for it. Um, 
it's dark, it's funny. Um, you know, sometimes I felt bad because you're laughing at a teenager who has a lot of teen angst. But at mm. the same time, it's it's uh, that's what kind of makes it a great film is it's it's edgy and different. It's 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 I haven't seen anything like it. OK, um, it's like a low budget version of Rushmore. Well, I mean, that's not a bad analogy. It's. You know, the, the kid in Rushmore is very, uh, he, he's very involved in things going on. It's, this mm. is kind of the opposite. This is, oh, this is okay. like a kid who's kind of dropping out of everything that's going on because it's just not, you know, he's just not having a good time. His parents are breaking up. School sucks. He uh-huh. gets picked on and bullied. You know, he starts wearing, uh, he meets some kids who are kind of emo. Um, and so he starts wearing eyeliner and he looks great in eyeliner, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> okay. And and so, you know, it's just about this kid going through typical kind of teen angst. But there's, you know, but also there's the humor of that. Um, there's, you know, there's the humor of a kid who, oh, there's a couple, there's a scene where he like goes to a Mexican restaurant with his mom and there's a singing waiter. And it's just this thing where he just goes through life kind of shrugging it all off and and hmm. just absurd things kind of happen to him. Okay, so it's but, um, so it's more um, like Gummo meets Rushmore. It, it's yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's one of the things that's great about it is there's no movie like this. I've never seen a movie like this one. Okay, the characters are different. The story is different. the The acting on the part of the the kids, the young people who are in it, are great. There's a bunch of stuff with the mom and dad who are going through a divorce that kind of sidelines the whole movie and is kind of boring and. and uh been done before okay. um but w- everything that happens with the teenagers is is interesting and unique and funny and and yeah i really enjoyed it i enjoyed okay. the whole movie it, it it has some things that are are kind of meh in it and the ending mm-hmm. is kind of horrible but <laughs> because they tried to they tried to tack a, a horrible um uh, happy ending on it which totally does not work but oh. um hmm. But it's just one of those things that it's a local film, you know, it's, a, it's made in Houston, it's a Texas film, it's completely low budget, I, I'm pretty sure right. shot on video, And um, but it's it's one of those things where, I, I, one of those films I want people to get a chance to see, because mm-hmm. um, it's it's just different and unique, and, and you haven't seen anything like it, and I do believe eventually, I know they're working on a Blu-ray version of it right now, so I know it'll come oh, wow. out on DVD, nice. it may do... Um, it may be available through some streaming services within the next year or so. So, so uh, yeah, I, w- I wanted to see it for a long time because I just thought it was a cool kind of a idea for a movie. And, um, and so, I, so, yeah, I couldn't pass up the only chance to see it in Austin that I've had yet. So Excellent. Well, it's nice to see that there's a still alive and well, uh, truly independent film scene out there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I really like about uh, Norfolk and Grisafi is they they're always wor- you know they're always working on things and have things going on and um, and now with um, streaming delivery those movies get put out there. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, you can see Conjoined for free on on a streaming application. Oh, that's cool. I can't remember which one now, but I watched it online for free. Okay, we should um, and, um, we, we should put a link to it on our uh, yeah, I'll Facebook have to page. Yeah, I'll see if I can find a link to it. And right. I think you can see can like can, you can see conjoin. You can see um, some of the other movies that they've done on like Amazon Video for like ninety nine cents or two ninety nine or something. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a really cool deal. 
All right. Cool. I feel like I feel close to some filmmaking stuff that's going on still. That's nice. Right. Yeah, it's nice nice to have your your finger on the pulse. Yeah. Yeah, to just have some friends who are still living the dream, man. <laughs> right. Exactly. But so that was my yeah. Friday night. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. That was your Friday night? Yeah. Well, it sounds like and it was a, a good time, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a good time, and then I got to see you and Sierra on Saturday night for your birthday. That is exactly we true, but let me tell you about something first. We had another. Oh, yeah, okay. We had another event that we were going to go to uh, earlier in the day before we met up with you, and right. it was it was an event called the Texas Craft Brew Festival, which sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So, so I mean, if you like craft brew, sure. Sure. <laughs> so, well, yeah, okay, yeah. If you like craft brew, and I know you're you're a bud man, so anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, Sierra got us tickets to this event. You know, they weren't cheap necessarily. It was, you know, 30 bucks a, a piece to go to it. And so it was uh, held at Fiesta Gardens. So we drove down there and a friend of Sierra's had told her, you know, get there early and they'll probably let you in. And so we were like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. So it started, uh, I think they said gates opened at 2. So we got there about one thirty in the afternoon and oh my God. You would not believe how many people showed up for this event. There were cars parked all over. Okay, first of all, it was held at Fiesta Gardens, which is, you know, where Auditorium Shores is. Well, if you go on the other side of the uh, interstate is Fiesta Gardens area. It's a different, you know, just a different side of of I-35 along uh, Lady Bird Lake. And uh, right. so the the infrastructure for parking over there is very limited. So people were parked all along the streets, and in some places, both sides of the street, to the point where only one car could drive through a two-way street at a time. So <laughs> parking was a nightmare. So I dropped Sierra off at the front gate, and uh, I went and parked the car, you know, quarter of a mile away, and uh, then walked up. And then we walked up to the front gate, and I saw there were people already in there. And I was like, okay, so I guess they open the gates early. And so we're walking up to the gate, and we see where, you know, if you have a ticket, you walk in this particular line. Man walks up to us and says, do you have VIP tickets? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> so he's like, well, the line starts there. And he pointed and it was you couldn't have made this up in a comedy movie it was a fucking line of people had to be 150 <laughs> yards long people with general admission tickets to this beer festival i swear to god it was 150 like, yards long and we're like holy like, shit you gotta be like fucking kidding in, me uh, it's like that scene in uh, a christmas story where he's waiting oh. to see santa oh like, yes hey, the line starts here. It ends way back there. A hundred percent, Lodger. A hundred percent. So, so Sierra and I start that long walk to the end of the line. And turns out the people that we saw that were already in the festival were the VIP people. And they're sitting there with their <laughs> their smug, smarmy smiles on their face. And we're <laughs> behind the fence. We're like, ah. So we get to the end of the line and we're standing there and it is hot as hell it is there's like there are zero clouds in the sky it is hot as fuck so we're standing there and then in about 10 minutes i'm like you know what fuck this shit (laughs) this is ridiculous (laughs) i I said you know 
okay, yeah, I know we're going to lose money on the tickets and everything because we're not going in. Um, so I said, Let, let's go to Thread Gills. Let's get some beers. Let's have a nice meal, and we'll just call it a good afternoon. So that's what we ended up doing. So wow. Yeah, a little bit disappointed that, uh, you know, it was kind of set up the way it was. We were like, okay, if there's a if there's a 150-yard line, so once we get into the festival, what's going to happen? We're going to be standing in long, freaking-ass lines to get our eight three-ounce pours of each sample beer that we get to try it when we get in there. So I'm like, right, yeah. so I was kind of like, is it really worth it? So I, <laughs> you know, I hated... I hated to be that impatient, you know, and I, it it just I don't know. I guess I just wasn't feeling it. And it wasn't just I, well, and, it, and it wasn't like it was all Austin beers. It was like beers from all over the state, so, you know, right. I didn't I didn't feel like I was, you know, shitting on the Austin scene at least 100%, right. you know. I just I know how you feel because I, you know, I'm always it's such a hassle to do anything in this city anymore. And, uh, um, yeah. you know, by the time you, you know, it's just like when we, we went out to dinner later that night at downtown, we went to a place called the Brass House. And it's like, well, I could park my own car for $10 and drive around and figure out if I can find a parking space, give up, park in a garage where it's going to be $10. Or I can just pay the freaking um, valet $10 and go on with life. Exactly. Like, I, I hate paying $10 to park. It makes me furious. Right. And, um and but it's just the easiest way to do it. It's just you've just got to figure that into the cost of an evening now, right? Because parking in Austin is ridiculous and That's and true. um and and crazy and expensive and and it just totally it to me it's just like yeah it already starts the night off on a on a you're already upset about shit. Right. And that's that's what I that's the thing that gets me down about being here sometimes is mm-hmm. is it's just a hassle to do anything in this town. It's just a hassle, a hassle, a hassle. Where are you going to park? Right. How far are you going to have to walk? You know, uh-huh. how much you're going to have to pay to park? How much you're going to have to pay to get into the place you want to go? Yeah, it becomes a, a definitely a, an exercise in logistics. Oh, yes, yeah. La- okay, and, and ca- cash output. All right, last word on the <laughs> last word on the Texas Craft uh, Brew Festival. If anybody plans on going next year, get a VIP ticket. I don't know how much they cost, but they'll be worth their weight in gold if you really, really have to go to it. And <laughs> if right. I go next year, right. yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't you hate that thing where you have a VIP pass and then everyone else is waiting outside and you're inside with a VIP pass? Some people love that feeling. I hate it. I used to hate that when I went to film festivals and I got a free badge oh. for South by Southwest and other and Austin Film Festival and different film festivals. You know, we would get to go in first, even if other people got there in line three hours ahead of you. You uh-huh. got to go in first because you had a badge and they had a, a, a single ticket. Right. I, was just like, That's, I, I always hated that. I always hated going. I mean, I did it because, you know, to see the films and, and get in there and do stuff. Uh, for the website, I had to I had to go in, but it just I always felt like a complete douchebag walking uh, in at, mm-hmm. at, ahead of someone who'd been there for two hours already. Okay, so are, so you're recommending that I should just say fuck the Texas no, Craft no. Brew Festival? <laughs> they can no, get no, no, just, they can get some other suckers. Is that what you? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that that's my own personal feel. You know, some people love to feel like a VIP. 
I, I, it just makes me uncomfortable. Actually, you know? I would prefer everybody have a good time and not just a select few. Yeah, it's just like kind of like going to, I've been to a few resorts that were like different levels of, uh, you know, you could, depending on what part of the complex you're staying in and different wristbands that give you access to different things. And I just always, I just think that's so, I don't know. <laughs> It just makes me uncomfortable. It's okay. kind of like when we went to the bra- the brass house. The brass house was super nice, although yeah. I, I and there was there was nothing on their website about a dress code. So, but it looked real fancy. So I dressed up to go, and and that just yeah. makes me feel like I'm out in some place where I'm where I'm not supposed to be because oh come on. <laughs> What are you talking I'm about? Just a simple guy. I know, just but a simple middle class guy. Everybody else who was there was just a, a simple middle class uh, guy and gal, you know. But oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's no dress code there. But they definitely, you know, they they try to give you a semi fancy environment to uh, enjoy the uh, live music and your dinner. Uh, yeah, I mean. There, there were some people that sat by us that were dressed in shorts and t-shirts and looked like they'd been walking around town all. I mean, it's Texas and it's hot, right? You know, but I, I just, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna wear something nice just in case. I don't want the hassle of showing up and then they're like, oh, you can't wear shorts in here. But they weren't <laughs> like that at all. Um, right. But it, it's no, on, not at on all. The website, it seems like a, a pretty fancy place, and inside the decor is very nice and. And it's it's mm-hmm. it is a fancy place. I mean, if you did if you like to dress up, it would be fine. But uh, the and the food was phenomenal. The food yeah, was amazing. The and food good. is very good. Mm-hmm. So I you know I enjoyed the evening, and we heard a little live music. We did. We saw the uh, what is it? The Boss Street Brass Band. That was their name. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they I, were actually not too bad. They were okay. They were good. I mean, I I'm not the kind of guy that necessarily goes out and seeks out uh, listening to jazz music, but uh, I had an enjoyable time. I thought they were a great band. You know. Yeah, they, uh, I liked. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. They're kind of like like just, what would you call it? Traditional jazz, and then maybe some New Orleans funk type jazz. Yeah. I mean, and, definitely, they are a real brass band. It's a drummer with six, and uh, six players of instruments that you would call brass. Yeah. Um, but they yeah. did some covers of uh, some pop songs that were cool. They did. They um, did. And um, and and I, I think they they even did some band. some of their own original stuff too. They, yeah, it was. I mean, if you're, you know, it was one of those things where, ah, you know, we didn't pay cover to get in, so nope. we just had dinner there, but. Uh, you know, it was just for free. They were fine and fun. Right. A little loud, but brass brass fans are a little loud. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they definitely. Uh, well, the, well, the funny thing was, it was amplified in addition to them being a brass band. So yeah, believe me, you you had no problem hearing hearing them play. Yeah, no problem hearing the band. Right. So uh, uh, before they came on, we got a chance to talk a little bit while we had dinner, and that was nice. Yeah, we, we did. We coined a new phrase. Do you remember coining a new phrase there when we were? Who coined the new phrase? Well, I think you said something that made that made it pop into my mind. Okay, cause... you'll have to refresh my memory because I, I think I've forgotten it. Because we were talking about how, oh, when we went out to dinner together, we could talk about it on the podcast, and that would be fodder for our podcast. Oh, and then that's I'm like, right. Well, yes, yes. 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 It's Potter. It's Potter. It's Potter for the podcast. We'll just Potter. call it Potter. P O D D E R. Yes. How could I have forgotten that? Wow. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> well, it's funny. You, you know, I don't know what the. Um, I don't know. There's a principle, you know, 
that says it's some scientific principle that says if you watch if you observe something by the very act of observing it you change it yeah you change the the heisenberg principle uh very possibly if i know that it's because i watched the big bang theory but oh and i I think that's kind of what's happening with us, too. We've been doing, you know, this is what, episode 17 of our podcast? It is, episode right? 17. Yeah. You know, and when you do a podcast, you know, we we definitely, when we go out and do things, we start talking about, oh, this will be something interesting we can mention on the podcast. And yes. then we'll start telling each other stories about what's been going on in our lives. And then we're like, no, wait, wait, save it for the podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's like... We've already changed our friendship by the act of having a podcast. <laughs> right. The, uh, yeah. It's like that's the biggest conversation killer that we have. I know, right? It should be just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we want to save everything and not spoil the surprises of the things we, the stories we have to tell. It's, it's, it's funny. It's a little silly. So, hmm. but anyway, we were talking about that a little bit on, on Saturday night uh, when we had dinner and, and right. Dude, I had the steak there at the Brass House, and it was cooked perfectly. I know Sierra got flank steak in it, and it was a little too rare. Yeah, it was a little too um, rare for her taste. So, and yeah, I understand. And, and particularly with flank steak, I think that would, I, I, I would tend to agree. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I got the New York Strip, and it was, it was cooked perfectly. Wow. I was really pleased with the food there. Well, and, and not, not cheap but not crazy expensive either you know right reasonable you know th- this may be bad but i can't even remember what i had so I, you, had, you had pork chops oh of course of course yes <laughs> i remember the fat guy remembers the food <laughs> <laughs> no they were... I remember everything Right. Everything. <laughs> they they were good. Nothing against brass houses. Just for some reason, it you know it didn't like knock my socks off per se. But uh, you know what did knock my socks off? The the drinks were very good. Oh yeah, the drinks were good too. I drank amaretto sours that night. I was feeling yeah. nice and pretentious. I guess. Yeah. The only thing um, they must they must have changed uh, bartenders like twice because every time the drinks came out, they were just a little bit different. That's right. Sierra was drinking old fashions and she got a different display of cherries every time she ordered the drink. <laughs> it was like the first round she got maraschino cherries. The second round she got some kind of really delicious, darkly sweet cherries. And then the third round she got no cherries. <laughs> no cherry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a cherry on the first drink, and then the second drink I got a maraschino cherry, and then I got uh, three dark cherries on one of the little um, swizzle stick type things, Uh. and then I got one dark cherry. (laughs) It was different every time, but um, (laughs) that was the other thing, too. It's like the one thing about the Brass House I was thinking is like, I don't know if they ran out of certain kind of cherries and they, or if just different bartenders made them differently. Yeah. Definitely, there was something else. Sierra asked about getting some, uh, oh, Mm -hmm. instead of getting finger fingerling potatoes with her food she wanted mashed potatoes and the girl was like well we're out of the fingerling so you are going to get mashed potatoes <laughs> and, I, and i was yeah. like it's a friday night it's a busy night how are you out of something that's on the menu well that that's pisses true. me off a little bit with restaurants you know if you're yeah. going to run a restaurant and and they don't have a huge menu either they mm-hmm. have a fairly uh limited menu maybe 15 things on there right. i'm talking about appetizers uh, salads and entrees there's probably five of each. There's maybe 15 things there. How yeah. do you run out of something on your 15 menu items? Well, it just that, doesn't make sense. 
That's a good point. Um, yeah. Oh, Sierra did tell me something about the brass house today that came as a little bit of a shock to me. They're apparently they're going to be closing in really? like yeah, I think it's either this weekend or next weekend is their their last last days of being open for business. So kind of sad to you know see another place that I think they'd been around for four years. And uh, they're going away. Wow. Think, yeah. I think in that same location used to be a venue called Skinny's Ballroom, which was a, a nice music venue at one time that disappeared. So I don't know. It, I think it was something to do with, you know, the rents going up all the time. It's oh, just rents got to be outrageous there. Yeah, and plus the the parking issue, as you know. I mean, there's no place to park there. Everything has to be done via valet parking, reasonably speaking. So, yeah. It's just many factors just seem to stack up against businesses, and they, they just right. some manage to uh, squeak by and others go under. It's funny, too, because that's a very large venue, you know, because they actually have two sides. They have the restaurant side where they do have live music, and yeah. then they have and a bar, and then they have the other side, which is kind of like a uh, show, you know, a place where they have shows. Right. We, we were there. It was uh, Ron. It was like the Ron White after party. Right. Um, and his wife is apparently a jazz singer, and she was uh, singing that evening. I, mm-hmm. But I've never even heard of her. Oh, speaking of Ron White, have you seen? Now you probably haven't seen this. It's a, it's a Showtime show called uh, Roadies. I've heard about it, and I'd like to see it. Yes. Yeah, Ron White is in that. He plays like a an old school tour manager guy. Oh, it's that got, makes sense. Uh, yeah, and it's got uh, Owen Wilson's brother. What's his name? Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson plays plays the the main tour manager. And anyway, it's a show worth seeing. It's about roadies. Oh, well, yeah, you know because it's uh, it's um, written and directed and produced and all that good stuff by um, Cameron Crowe, who did Almost Famous and um, yes, a couple other movies. Yeah, right. And I love Almost Famous. Almost Famous is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. He also was a uh, which all, uh, you've seen almost famous right yes yeah it's based on his true life he actually when he was a teenager he wrote for rolling stone magazine uh. and he actually also went back to school undercover after he had graduated and uh used that material to write fast times in Mid- ridgemont high oh um, so hmm. he's an interesting guy yeah uh, and so that was definitely one of the things when i heard about roadies I was like, oh, it's Cameron Crowe. Yes, yeah. I want to see this. So. Well, you, you can tell it's kind of a love letter to that whole scene, you know, touring, roadies touring with a band, definitely. A lot of references to uh, musicians of the past in addition to having musicians of the present. So, uh, yeah. so it's set in modern day. Yeah, it's set in modern day following a fictitious band with their group of roadies that travel along with them. And it's mostly about the roadies. The band itself are kind of background and almost kind of comical in the way they behave. Oh, man, I want to see it. It sounds really yeah. it sounds really good. It's good. It's definitely one. Yeah. There are aspects of it that make you think, uh, there's got to be real roadies gone. Uh, this is, this is oh, not yeah. how we live. But uh, Right. I'm sure, you know, it gives, obviously, a highly stylized version of the life of a roadie. Oh, yeah. It's still yeah. a good show. You know, it's it's about the characters. It's not about necessarily what they do. Right, right. Yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds interesting. I 
it's one of those ones that I'm sure will the season one. I think it's been. I do believe there's going to be more than one season. I feel like I heard uh, there already were said yes to a second season, but I could be wrong. But um, it's definitely one that it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to get the season one DVD if it comes out on DVD because I think I'd really like it. So yeah, I think you would. Yeah, there's 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 something for everyone in it. Cool. Well, hey, did you? Then you did something on Sunday too, didn't you? We did. Yes. We didn't go out really. We ate dinner, and then I wasn't feeling. I was just feeling kind of blah, and uh-huh. I felt I felt terrible that it was your birthday weekend, and I was just like, I just don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> well, it's um, true. That's funny. This is the first time in a long time that we didn't go out for my birthday and do shots somewhere in some dive bar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, that's okay. You don't have to do it every year, but you know. No, you Next can do it year. less and less the older you get, yeah. <laughs> Bite your tongue. But, Bite your tongue. But you guys, I know, right? You guys, I'm already planning my birthday in January, so you guys went out on Sunday, I believe, We did. Well. Yes, I had entered a contest online and won two tickets to the Becker Wine Dinner held at the Greenhouse craft food restaurant in Round Rock. Um, oh, wow. The Greenhouse Craft Food Restaurant is all locally or Texas sourced food. Every you know, every ingredient that is in the dishes is going to be Texas sourced. It was great. It was a five course meal with wine pairings. Wow. So we're talking a lot of interesting food. You know, each course is not a lot of food, but combined all together by the end of the evening you're like oh yeah i'm content i'm i'm happy here (laughs) so yeah it was a a great menu and like i said every course was paired with a different kind of wine so it was a nice evening i could go through the uh, menu that might uh, bore the hell out of some people so anyway all i can say yeah was um it was a great night and what a pleasant surprise to to win something that occurs on your birthday. So loved yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. It was it was exactly on your birthday. Yes, it was. It was on the twenty fifth, which was Sunday. So yeah, <laughs> enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, so um, hey, I had a couple of uh, I had a couple of good things that I found out about this week that uh, I'm interested in sharing. <laughs> Okay. Just some things, you know, uh, just some random kind of entertainment news stuff I heard that I'm like totally happy about. One is um, they're they're doing two movies that are biopics of two of my favorite people of all time. Um, hmm. Jared Leto is doing a Andy Warhol biopic, and it's really kind of amazing that there hasn't been one. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's been, I mean, there's. Like, I shot Andy Warhol, but he's a secondary character in that movie. And, you know, he's been played, Bowie played him in Basquiat, and Uh he's been a character in in The Doors in several different movies, but there's never been, like, a full biopic of Warhol. That's true. Did Crispin Glover Glover play him in some movie also? In The Doors movie, yes. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Good stuff. It's always interesting when someone plays a Warhol. I mean... Bowie did it amazingly well, I thought, and it's he's yeah. just such an interesting character, and I'm a big fan of his, so I've read a lot about Warhol, so, you know, everything from, from different biographies and different things about him, so I don't know how much they're going to get into 
uh, in this movie, it would be great if it was a true full biopic because mm-hmm. he had an interesting life before he was famous. And then, of course, when he was famous, his life was even more interesting. There's a lot of story yeah. to tell there that to me could be really interesting. Yeah. So uh, so that's kind of cool. And I, I do believe Leto is going to play him, but I'm not 100 percent on that. He's either executive producer or directing or playing him or some combination thereof wow that's definitely some movie i'd like to see so uh. yeah i'm excited about that and then rupert rupert everett who has been in many oscar wilde movies based on oscar wilde's works is actually putting together a movie uh, about oscar wilde a biopic on oscar wilde and there's been a few of those but I love I love Oscar Wilde, and so a second mm-hmm. uh, or a or third or fourth or whatever this one will be, right. a movie about him, I'm yeah. totally interested in. Yeah, I know you've seen the Charles Lawton one, and you the uh, oh, what was the other one? Um, Robert Morley, right, plays him in the in the trials of Oscar Wilde, and yes. then there's the one with um oh, he's the British actor, yeah, and director, yes, I, and I, it's I... just called Wild, and his name mm-hmm. is. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. Oh, uh, is it Stephen something? Uh, Stephen Fry. Oh, Stephen Fry. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a great movie as well. I want to see that one again. I haven't seen it since it came out, and I'd like to see that one again. Hmm. But I, I'm just excited about that. And then today I got home and was online, and someone somewhere on Facebook I saw that one of my favorite musicians uh, and singers, and probably someone you don't know much about. Okay. You know, you know who even know. Who Kate Bush is? Of course, I know. Yeah, I know who Kate Bush okay. is. Of course, I wasn't sure if you were were familiar with her or not. Yeah, um, I'm... she she has a uh, live CD coming out in November, three discs live. I guess a couple of years ago she did some live shows in in London, and I don't know exactly what that whole deal was about, but uh-huh. um, there's going to be a three CD live set ba- based on shows she did in London last year. And they released one of the tracks online, and it was amazing. I can't wait to hear the album. It's going to be fantastic. Wow. Hmm. Off to so, look yeah, for that. that was some, some uh, good news this week on things that I'm into that I was excited about. Okay. That's good to hear. And then... Oh, I forgot to mention the, to you, uh, for, mm-hmm. my, for my birthday, Sierra got me an Apple TV. Oh, what's now... What's the concept on that? Is that like a Roku or is it something it's, different? Right. It was, it was well, Roku before there was Roku. It's really just a uh, Wi-Fi ready computer, really, that's about the size of, uh, oh, I don't know, it's about four inches by four inches. And it's like a, a web browser. No, it's more like, well, it's almost like a, it's really kind of like a, an iPhone that sits on your desk. Except that you can plug a cable into it and then plug the other end into directly into your TV. Oh wow, cool! Right, and so you can down then, you can download apps to it, like the Netflix app or or YouTube or anything. You can look Hulu at and all that stuff. Right, you can look at all the photographs that you've uploaded to the cloud and things like that. So I mean, I haven't had a chance to use it a whole lot yet, but uh, from what I've seen, it's like this is going to be great. So much easier than hooking up your laptop to your TV in order to watch something on Netflix. Yeah, that was kind of when when I was traveling this summer with my nephew and he had a Roku. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was really cool because it was just a little thing that you plugged into the TV yeah. that he used with his phone, and mm-hmm. we could see Netflix and Hulu and anything else that he subscribed to. Right. And that you know that's how we watch Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and the, well, the Apple TV comes with its own little remote with a kind of a, a, a touchpad of its own and you know like four buttons and a touchpad so it's uh i'm happy to have it you know for the longest yeah. i was like ah you know do i really need an, anything like apple tv or a roku or anything like that and now i'm like well now that i have it hey this is gonna be so much more convenient because <laughs> i hate lugging right. my lugging my laptop around the house you know to hook up to a tv and because right yeah that's what when when they were when he my nephew was telling me he got a Roku, I'm just like, eh, it's, you know, what's what's the good of that? You you know, you can just hook your computer up to the TV. You can already see Netflix on your TV. What's the big deal? But then when you you know, like we went on vacation and went to hotels and hooked it up, and it was just like really nice. It's just a little thing he put in his backpack, and then we could watch Netflix. Exactly. You know, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tiny thing well, that neat. you tiny thing that you lug around instead of, instead of having to lug a big laptop around. Your laptop around, yeah, oh. yeah, which is totally cool. Yeah, I yeah. totally get that. So yeah, first oh, cool. first world problems. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like I have a hard enough time watching the cable TV that I get at my house. I don't have a DVR. I don't have any kind of recording device. If if I'm gonna watch it, I have to be home and watch uh-huh. it when it comes on. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's just like we record this on a Thursday night. I have to watch the second showing of um, Project Runway because <laughs> it's it's on right now while we're talking. Oh, and, but okay. It, but they replay it at like midnight, so I just watch it at midnight because sure, <laughs> you know. So speaking of watching TV shows, did you did you watch uh, Fear the Walking Dead? That's the one show that both of us seem to watch every week. Yeah, that's probably the most definitely the most consistent show that we watch together. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, watch I at did. the same time, not together. Right. But, we mm-hmm. both watch every week. Yeah. Did you watch it on on uh, Sunday? I did. I, what is it? Episode Date of Death. It was a, a Chris and Travis heavy episode, so I liked uh, that. It was a good episode. Indeed, it was. Yeah. It, uh, but man, oh my God, that episode just made me, <laughs> I don't know if I felt sorry for Chris or just hated the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, I know it's both, isn't it? You know, oh, I am. Um, what well, an asshole. Here's the, you know, one thing that we've been talking about that storyline and I've thought about it a lot and I, I realized last week sometime, you know, when you're gay, if, if some, you know, people are much more accepting now than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I was younger. Obviously. But as growing up as a gay person, if somebody uh, didn't like me or had any problems with me, my, my solution was, fuck you, see you later, I don't have to talk to you ever again. And right. I really think that, like, my parents are sweet, loving people, never had a problem with it. I think if they did, I would have been able to say, fuck you, see you later, I'm done. And 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 so for me, it's very easy when I see that Chris and Travis thing going on. I just look at Travis and go, "Cut him loose! He, you're, he, you're you're done. He is done. He is." A, I wrote, I wrote right. in my notes here. He's a he's an unsalvageable fuckboy. Cut him loose. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Just, and so for me. It's infuriating because when I see it, I'm just like, I'm. If it was me, I would be done. I'm done. Goodbye, Chris. Fuck off. Right. Um, but I do. I do understand that thing of 
you know, especially when they cut later, when he later, when he's talking to Madison and he's talking about how I didn't say I love you, I didn't do this, I didn't do these things. And I'm like, I, I know, you know, I get that. I get when you're a parent. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was really, really hard for look, him. I mean, even even Hitler had a mother who loved him. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I mean, you, <laughs> you take into you take into account that you know not only is this the you know a thing where he was a, a his parent the parents divorced the father kind of was out of the picture he has a lot of ground to make up for time that he was away and didn't do right by Chris to begin with. Well, that's and, true. And so then there's those feelings of maybe this is my fault, mm-hmm. and then you're in the zombie apocalypse where you know. It's not like you cut your kid loose and then maybe two or three years later he comes home and says, I'm sorry, you know, no. you could go down the road and die. You just don't know. Right. I mean, I get all those all those things make it even harder uh, to for him to, to let it go. But, mm-hmm. yeah, at a certain point, I would – I mean, dude, once he, once he did that thing where he went in and held his dad while the others came in, you know, came in and pretended like he was uh, apologizing. Wow, that was – held his dad while they – the ultimate, oh, that's just shitty, shitty, shitty. <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. I mean, the betrayal. Oh, yes, uh, yes. the worst. I mean, at that the, very yeah. second, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's done." He just needs to put this boy down. Yeah, I would. You know that. Well, that was the other thing. I was like, "It, it, what's?" I would have had no problem shooting the other two in the head and being okay, Chris. Oh, now yeah. they're dead. Now let's go. You know. Hey, but I. But you know. And Travis, Travis had his. He had his opportunity. He could have blasted yeah. all of them at that in that right. one scene, but he just shot right. the floor. Yeah. Well, and it's just you know, it's all it's very easy to step out of that situation. One thing I really like about that storyline is it's it seems like a very realistic, definitely could happen storyline. Oh yeah. And, if you think about it, it, of- it happens every day with young inner city youth joining gangs. If you think about it, well, that that was the other thing I was thinking about. I was like, this this is a great analogy for you know, what if your kid became a criminal or a gang member or whatever? Yeah. At what point do you just say, "Fuck you, I'm cutting you loose, I'm done with you"? Right. Because you know, and I think a lot of parents in this day and age struggle with stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it, you know, there are a lot of kids, and that's probably why it's a good thing I'm not a parent because I would give up on a kid at a certain point. I would be like, I'm done with you, and I, you know, right. people who kick their gay kids out of the house are the most des- despicable, deplorable people on the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, but yet, I, you know, I, I don't understand that at all. But I certainly understand when somebody kicks a kid out of the house because the kid is a criminal or a gang member or. Uh, is hanging around with the wrong element is a unsalvageable fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I, know, I I totally get that, you know. Sure. Yeah, I have a coworker who has an adult son now who, you know, ever since he was a teenager was in trouble in one way or another, whether it was, you know, with drugs or drug dealing or, you know, has been in and out of prison multiple times, you know, has impregnates a, a girl every time he's out of jail and... <laughs> So eventually, you know, his son probably was, you know, 30 years old before he did this, but he finally just said, that's it. I've had enough. I've I've cut him out of my life. It's over, you know, and that's got to be a a really heart-wrenching decision. But, you know, it's probably a decision that in some cases has to be made. Right. Yeah. It's funny because, like, you know, I come from a family. My mom is the most, you know, I know everybody loves their mom. My mom is one of the most forgiving loving 
persons in, I've ever met in this world. And she's all about that unconditional love. I don't think I could do anything where my mom would say, I'm done with you. I'd really have to do something completely horrible. But, well, you know. But, and I, some, sometimes I don't know how she does it because, you know, there's certainly been other members of our family that have done things that, that were frustrating. And she's just always been there, been there, been there. And yeah. God, I don't know how people do that sometimes. And I, I agree with you. Sometimes, you know, you'd have to have superhuman saintlyhood to to put up with some stuff. And well, you I, know, yeah, after the 10,000th disappointment, maybe people just yeah, get a, they get worn down. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that. I you know, and I would I feel like I would totally be that person, too, if I was a parent. There would be there would come a point where. I would have to be like, I'm done with you. And, yeah, and, uh, you know, That's... maybe in your heart, you feel like if they ever come back and apologize, I'll take them back. But, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes you have to tough love them. I mean, it's literally turning your back on them and not, and not caving. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly hard to do. Well, the, you know. yeah, the thing with Travis and Chris, though, this, this has all occurred within the span of just a, a few weeks. So it's right, got to yeah. be a thousand times more difficult. Right. Well, and I think that's, you know, I think that's why it's interesting, too, for the character of Travis, because, like I said, when I'm watching it, I'm like, cut this kid loose. Fuck him. But, you know, then when Travis right. comes back and says, you know, I, I, I feel like I have never been there for him and, you know, yeah. and, you know, I've not been a good parent to him and all these things yeah. and and is mad at himself for not not continuing to try i really understood that i really felt for him yeah. which i didn't think i would because the whole time i'm mad at him yelling fuck this kid let him go <laughs> fuck him right <laughs> yeah so i mean i thought you know so that that episode had some you know and that storyline has some really some real depth to it some real complexity yeah. Definitely really interesting. Certainly more interesting than anything else going on on that show. Yeah. What do you think about the demise of poor baby James? Oh, I mean, he was so fucking cute. I cried when they killed him. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's so adorable. He looks like someone. I don't know who. He just reminds me of some mm-hmm. other. Oh, I know who it is. He looks like Jason London, kind of. Um, oh. Back in the day oh. when Jason London was cute. Um <laughs> That's a, yeah, that's a good observation on your part. Yeah, that that's why I, it's like you look at him and he's you're like that guy is so familiar. And I had to look him up on IMDb and Wikipedia, and I was like, I had seen him in one other thing. I can't remember what now, but but yeah, when they killed that character, I was like, oh fuck, man. And then you know, very interesting ending when the uh, the two uh, other fuck boys show up at the hotel right. without Chris. Exactly. And it's just supposed to be a couple days later, apparently. Yeah. So, so it's like, what yeah, the what knows? the hell happened? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it'll probably be another two or three episodes before we'll probably only get a small part of that story before the season finale. Because I think, oh, that's right. The next one is a two-hour season finale next week. I believe you're right. And then the uh, the Walking Dead comes back in October, like October. Uh, it's October twenty fourth or fifth, whatever that Sunday Man, is. Man, that so, that's yeah. gonna be. Oh boy, yeah, that one's gonna be a big. Oh yeah, that's gonna draw. You know, I'm totally disappointed in it, but that is gonna draw <laughs> some huge ratings. Right, man. we're gonna be, uh, uh, yep, seeing who Negan clobbers. Yes, yes, and I, I, 
I'm I, I will watch it and I will bitch about it and I will mm. love every second of it and I will love every second of bitching about it. So. Uh, of course, yes, yes, you derive gr- great pleasure from bitching. <laughs> oh, I do, did, I do. So did you watch uh, the Talking Dead after Fear the Walking Dead? Well, of course, because the kid who plays uh, yeah, right. um, Chris was on it and he's what's, adorable. Was he Lorenzo James Henry or something? Henry, yeah, that's yeah, that's, Lorenzo that's James story. Henry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's I mean, like he's, he's so cute. What did Chris Hardwick <laughs> say? What's it feel like to be the 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 most hated character in television now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny because they were kind of. I mean, I really thought that the guy who plays him, this um, Lorenzo, is that his first name? Yes, Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah. He's very, you know, obviously very well. He's not, a, you know, he plays a sixteen-year-old, but I think he's nineteen or twenty himself, yeah. if not even older. Right. And um, but he's obviously very, very smart guy because he really, yeah. he really had some interesting insight to the complexity of the character. And I was like, That's yeah, this true. guy isn't just playing it, and and it's like, eh, he's really into the character and his and his complexities and his uh, motivations and and mm-hmm. um, you know. I, and I think that's one of the things too that kind of shows when you watch the show. You're you're really interested in that character because he's yeah. so you know he's he's he, he seems like such a good kid, and you want him to snap out of it so so mm-hmm. badly. You're just like, oh my god, wake up, asshole! But you know you, you you know and and not every actor could pull that off. There there are certainly a lot of actors that would, you would just be like, yeah, fuck like this kid. Yeah, you know what was funny was that uh, the actor Lorenzo is even he was saying he's pissed off at the character he plays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was really interesting. I thought that was really. Right. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed that episode. Um, I can't even remember. I know the woman who played his mom last season, who got killed at the end of season one, was on there, and then I don't remember who the third person was. Oh, one of the guys who's in one of those uh, flipping houses shows. Oh yeah, it was uh, one of the the yeah the property brothers or whatever yeah. their names are. I don't watch those shows, so I actually had to look him up online to find out who he was because I was like, who is this guy? Well, I like I like the show Property Brothers. I like to see where special needs people have their own shows. Is that a joke? Yes, it's a joke. God damn it! <laughs> I don't I don't get I, I don't watch his show. I didn't get okay, it. Okay, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe everyone else out there is laughing but me because I don't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm sure there are people who watch Property Brothers on a regular basis that 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 think the uh, Property Brothers at least w- one or both of them have one chromosome too many. <laughs> oh God, why are they just kind of nutty? Or oh, now I'm over. No, they're just <laughs> they're just odd looking sometimes. Oh, because they look kind of. Don't girls have crushes on them a little bit? Because they. Yeah. Kind of no, I know. I know. I know. It's just. It's, <laughs> certain camera angles sometimes <laughs> or uh, okay. they'll they'll have both you know they're twin brothers they'll be standing next to each other and one of them's talking and while one of them's talking to like the people who are you know buying a new house the other one's standing next to him with a with kind of a a half smile on their face but it it's like their it looks like their brain is completely shut down it's like glassy eyed with this half half grin on their face it's so bizarre sierra and i laugh sierra and i laugh and mimic them laugh about them and mimic them all the time so sometimes it's like two brothers one brain right one of them talks and yes. the other one just completely yes that's it they share a brain oh, wow. 
and only one can use it at the at, at one time. <laughs> oh well, now I now I've got to watch some clips or something because that sounds funny. Okay, man. <laughs> Blank anyway, stare. Blank, I, yeah. <laughs> Wow, we I went. Think the other show, we went down. We went down yeah. a slippery slope. We went down we a slippery slope down. just then. <laughs> uh, I think we did. Yes. Um, yeah, classic. I think the other. I think the other show that we're both watching is This Is Us. Did you watch the the second episode of that show? Uh, yes. The one that. Yeah. Did you like it? Yes. I loved it. Yeah. No. I. Oh. I. There's always a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I know it was kind of like, okay, are they going to do a twist end at every episode? <laughs> That's kind of hokey. But at the same time, the twist at the end of the second episode was really compelling. You it, really wanted to know what the story was. There. Yeah. Like, okay, what's going on here? Right. We're not so, going to we're not going to do any spoilers, but uh, yeah, it was uh, at the end. You're like, oh, how did how did that happen? How did she? Yeah. Get to be with him. There was some yeah. foresh- there was some foreshadowing there, but uh, you know earlier in but the episode. This, but uh, right. But is that really what happened, or is there another story that we're going to find out? Or well, uh, it, and it, you know, it definitely has something to do with alcoholism. I'm sure. Well, possibly. I mean, that's certainly possible. That's what they want you to think, at least. But I well, don't know. Yeah, I that's just true. Really, really love that show. It's a, it's well written. The characters are interesting. I'm interested in every character's storyline on that show. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I just find it completely compelling. Did you ever watch Parenthood? I'm sure, I've seen a couple of episodes, but never watched it on a consistent basis. It was a really good show, and it's written by, like we were talking about last week, I think, it's written by the same guy um, who wrote Parenthood. Oh, and okay. You can, really, you can really see that and feel that when you watch This, this Is Us. And um, I, I don't even know the guy's name off the top of my head. All I know is I'm, I'm in on anything else yeah. he does because uh, Parenthood was one of those shows that ended after, I think, four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was totally disappointed. It could have gone on forever as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I kind of feel, I, I have a feeling this show is not going to last more than a season because shows uh, this good usually don't. Well, but, yeah, um, the, the, the writing is very smart. It, it, you know, it doesn't think its audience is stupid. So it's, uh, it's a good show and it deals with some some interesting issues one of the one of the things that i found interesting about this last episode that i saw was the uh the relationship between the two brothers yeah uh where one you find that one was you know pretty much a bully to the other one as they were growing up yeah that or at least when they were little boys one of the, the the one of them had trouble adjusting yeah and uh and wasn't and wasn't very kind to his brother, at least on the occasions we saw. Right. And then you felt later on in the show when they're adults and they're talking to each other, you felt that there was a, that they were now. And, yeah. Yeah. There's still a little baggage, but yeah, they're, they're, they're better. They're, yeah, they're better. And that, yeah, I love that moment when he calls him on the phone and they start talking and, and you realize that there's a, there's a relationship there that that is on a good in a good place, getting to be in a good place, and it's yeah. it just very hopeful and and, and inspiring, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I love I re- that show is so well written. The characters are so interesting. The story's so interesting. I, I'm just really excited about that show. Uh, 
I hope there's. Uh, I hope it doesn't get canceled after five weeks, like some shows do. Yeah, um, you know. You we'll, never know. We'll have to wait and see. So, uh, but, yeah, yeah. I, did you watch anything else this week that you can think of that was interesting? Um, no, I... I think the only... Uh, uh, the, the other show I've been watching that I talked about last week that I watched it this week and I love it is the uh, Pamela Adlon series on FX that's uh, written and produced by her and Louis C.K. called Better Things. Right. Um, and that, that show, is, I just the episode I just watched tonight was fantastic. I've also noticed... You know, it's a mom with three daughters, and like half the time they're at home around the house hanging out talking, and they're uh, always in like a t-shirt and panties. Not always. They're often in a t-shirt and panties. Okay. And I'm like, I'm sure some guys who watch that show just think that's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, but I I liked it because it's like, yes, if, if you, I'm sure in a house with a mom and three daughters where the dad's not there, you know, he's they're divorced, and so the dad's not in the picture – they just hang out in the house in their t-shirt and panties, you know, why wouldn't they? Right. Um, I don't, I don't see know. that I that would be unusual. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's totally just seems like, yeah, that's, that's how it would be around the house. And then the storylines on it are, you know, it's just, it's a, I won't say it's a copy of, of Louie, but it's certainly uh, the um, spiritual sequel to Louie. Mm-hmm. It's got a very Louie, Louie feel to it. And I, um, I'm just falling in love with that show after three episodes. Is it the other thing? Is it set in New York City? No, I think it's set in L.A. because she's an actress and she goes out on auditions and stuff a lot. And um, so, yeah, there's you know, it's about TV and film, so not not stage plays, which would be more of a New York City thing. Uh, I think it must be set in L.A. Yeah. Um, The other thing I really like about it is um, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> but it's just a good show. It's a really good show. Really interesting. Again, if you if you like Louie, you're gonna you're, I do. You're gonna like it. Okay, I'll put yeah, it. I think you. I'll put it in my DVR rotation. I think you'd like it. It's a really interesting show. You might have to give it a couple. It's funny because the first one I was like, oh, it's a mom and three daughters. How do I relate to this at all? It has nothing for me to relate to. Right. But then it just it just when you just watch it and just realize it's just about it's interesting because they talk there's some parts about her career like on mm-hmm. Louis when he was a stand up she's an actor she goes out on auditions yeah she's been in plays there's a whole great storyline on the latest one where she's get they're talking about casting her for this big role and she doesn't even know about it and just hmm. really you know interesting thing and then the dot oh I know I was gonna say the daughters are interesting. They're kind of varying degrees of ages. They're like 15, 16, 12, 13, and 8 or 9. You know, they're okay. They're three different ages. Um, the, the character's name, the mom's name, her first is Samantha, but they call her Sam. And all I noticed someone on, online wrote something about all three girls have a boy's name. One uh-huh. of them is Max. Um, I, huh. I think one of them is Sam as well. I could be wrong. But that was kind of interesting. And then the middle-aged, middle-aged, the daughter, the middle daughter, yes, seems very close to. She's very boyish, but yet not. At first, I thought she was going to be a transgendered character or something, but I don't think that's where they're going with it. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it's she's she's just a you know a really interesting young actress, and and there was a whole lot of stuff this episode about them going to like some female rallies and stuff, some feminine pro feminine rallies and different things. So okay, well. 
I, I guess, don't know where they're going with some of it, but I guess not all uh, mother daughter TV shows are created equal. So this one Definitely sounds like it could, one. yeah, it could be very interesting. I uh, very, very okay. Cool. You've talked me into it, just like you talked me into <laughs> abandoned. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. You watched some of Abandoned this week. I think I watched uh, all available episodes that they have. The right, right. California Water Supply. Uh, oh, that was the, the latest one. Yeah. Yeah, St. Louis Schools, Ghost Malls, and the New Newfoundland Coast. New, yeah. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> New, uh, Newfoundland. So you, yes. Did you love it as much as I do? Did you think it was just? Fantastic. I, I like it a lot. It's it's fascinating, and the uh, the people that he interviews, you know, add so much to it because otherwise it would just be you know stumbling around a bunch of old tore up buildings. But when you get the people in there and they're telling their stories and their memories of the buildings before they turn to shit, it's a history lesson. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's 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 an anthropology show. Yes, is what it, it is. Really is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's way more. You know, if you you know, like when I first saw the first kind of commercial for it, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be about this guy who just you know goes and 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 looks at abandoned malls and tears shit up and talks about how shitty America is or whatever. You know, right. I wasn't sure what it was gonna be, and it's totally the opposite of that. Right. This, you know, this Rick McCrank, who's the the host, has a real reverence and he's just really good at talking to people. Just kind of, you know, very very relaxed with people and they and mm-hmm. people seem to trust him and just kind of tell their stories and he asks questions yeah. and 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 just kind of lets them tell their story he seems um mm-hmm. he seems truly interested in what people have to say he he wants to know about the history of these people and the buildings that they yeah, yeah. they love yeah uh, so. yeah he he's um yeah and that's one of the things i i, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that like it's really kind of ironic that the show that looks like it's about places turns mm-hmm. out to really be a show about people. You know, it's, absolutely, it's about yeah. the people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. Right, not just people, but displaced people, displaced in different ways. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Some of them are are literally physically displaced. Yeah, like, and some of them are are like emotionally displaced. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I, I really uh, enjoy that show. And it's mm-hmm. just, I think one of the reasons I like it so much is it's totally almost the, the 180 of what I expected it to be. Yeah. You know, it's just a deep show. Right. It's very complex. There there are some scenes of skateboarding, though. There are. It's, yeah, if you it's, like skateboarding, it helps. <laughs> it's it's Rick, Rick McCrank shredding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, I, I definitely would say that's one of the things that I was like, I was watching that fourth episode where they're mm-hmm. in the Salton Sea and those areas and he and he starts, yeah. he whips out the skateboard and I was like, right. all right. It's like <laughs> he, he, he bailed out an entire abandoned swimming pool just so he could skate for 15 minutes. It was funny. Uh, yeah, 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 but, it was. But yeah. when he was in uh, Newfoundland, Newfoundland he actually, you know, made a connection with some of the teenagers there by skating with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it too. There's a scene in the in St. Louis where he goes to a skate park that's an old abandoned place and and meets some people there and talks to them about St. Louis and and 
you know, it's just another in for him to talk to people and, and get the local perspective kind of, yeah. um, which is, you know, which is great. I mean, and certainly it's not, I mean, it's no more than a couple minutes of skateboarding in an entire episode. So it doesn't get right. boring. It's not, it's not one of those things where, Oh, if you hate skateboarding, you're going to be bored for 30 minutes. No, no, it's, it's not that. A, it's just a sprinkling. It's yeah. It's like a little bit of seasoning on the top. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and I can get I get that because that's what he's into. So of course that helps him. You know, that's something. If I was there, I would want to do something different. I don't know what it would be exactly, but you know, I know that that's kind of his deal. So yeah, that that you know, yeah, I'm just really um, impressed with that show, and I'm excited, and I hope they do a lot more because he's he's really good at what he does, and, and mm-hmm. it's one of those unexpected pleasures on TV. You know. Yeah, I thought the uh, the California water supply episode when he was at the Salton Sea. I've always heard about the Salton Sea that it was this big resort area that you know all of a sudden the water went bad and everybody left and it's just kind of a ghost area. But I had no idea that there were actually still people trying to live there. Right. Yeah. 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 And that and you know they, on that particular episode too. They went back into a lot of well, they do on all the episodes, I guess. There's they'll tell you the history, how this place got to where it is, and oh, that's yeah. you know, it's especially on that episode seemed really interesting because it's all about the California Water Department, you know, yeah. which was which we all know from watching Chinatown, and um, you know, <laughs> right, it, all, all the things that happened in you know, 50 years ago, and this is what it beget, you know, right, it beget, it begot, it begot. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it, that's interesting part of it, too. I, I heard on the news the other day that there were a, a series of multiple earthquakes uh, in that area very recently. So, huh. interesting. Could, and, yeah, could it be related somehow? Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's like related or coincidence, you know? Right, yeah. It's um, Anyway, that show is on Viceland. It's called Abandoned. It's on right. Friday nights, although they run it throughout the week. Yeah. Then I know we've talked on the show. There's another show on Vice uh, Viceland that I like called Balls Deep. Right. And that's about a guy who kind of uh, goes and immerses himself in a particular culture and experience that you experience that culture kind of through his immersion in it. And he's just this little nerdy white guy. Um, and I can't remember what his name is now. Um but that show is coming back for a second season on October 27th, so I'm I'm excited to see what the new season of that show is like, because it's it's another one of those shows on Viceland that I I really liked. Don't tell me anymore. You're gonna suck me in. <laughs> well, let me. Oh, hey, by the way, I wanted to tell you too. I totally forgot. I I went to Into Veneer today. Yeah. I hadn't been there in ages. I actually had a long lunch break at work, and I'm like, I'm gonna run over to Into Veneer. And um, so they're still in there over there on South First for right now. Um, right. It's funny, too, because they've totally remodeled the store since the last time I was in there. It's a lot easier to get around and see things. Huh. Um, but I know they're moving into a new store within the next few weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I just kind of went there. I was only there about 20 minutes and kind of looked at a few things, bought a couple CDs. And then I found... In the DVD section, a used copy of Samuel Fuller's White Dog. Have you ever seen White Dog? 
No, I don't. I have no. I, I never heard of it. I haven't either. Um, I've heard okay. of it, and I've wanted to see it. I've wanted to see it for years. It's one of those ones that's it's on the Criterion Collection. I had it in my Amazon wish list thing for months, and oh. it's like twenty one dollars new. And I found it at End of an Ear for fourteen, so I bought it. Oh, it's made in nineteen eighty. Yeah, uh-huh. made in nineteen eighty. Stars Christy McNichol, and it's about a dog that's been trained to attack black people. What? Yeah. Oh? <laughs> yeah, and so I think I think the story is somehow Christy McNichol gets this dog either uh, from the pound or something, okay. and then realizes that it was uh, it was I I don't know you know somehow it's discovered that that dog was owned by a, a, a neo Nazi of some kind. Who's oh. trained it to attack black people? I can't wait wow. to see it. It sounds it's one of the you, you you're familiar with Samuel Fuller, you know. He did uh oh the big red one and oh, a ton yeah. of movies. And well, um this seems like quite a departure for him then. Yes, yeah. It was it's one of those one of those movies that I think too the studio released it and and pulled it after a couple of weeks. Just it, it uh, flopped miserably. Hmm. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it for a long time. And then oh. uh, it kind of developed this cult following. And then a few years ago, um, uh, Criterion Collection put it out on a DVD. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm super excited to watch it. So I is it? So is it like? It. Is it like an amazingly bad movie or just underappreciated? I think it's underappreciated. I think it's. Um, I don't think it's bad. I. But then again, it's got Christy McNichol in it, so you know. Uh, ooh, here I'm reading the back cover of it. Samuel Fuller's throat-grabbing statement on American racism was mm. misunderstood and withheld from release when it was made in the early '80s. Today, mm. the notorious film is lauded for its daring metaphor and gripping pulp filmmaking. Oh. So, yeah, I'll have to watch it and then we'll. we'll okay. Talk about it All I'm, right. It's one of it's just one of those movies that's been on my list of movies that I've wanted to see for probably over probably over ten years, probably over twenty. Hmm. Just one of those movies I heard about and heard about, and now we live in an era where almost any movie in the world you can see. That's true. And um, you know, so what's it called? Uh, White dog. White dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. I, I can't wait to see it. I've, I've okay. salivated over seeing it for years. All right, great. Wow. So, and it was cool to go to End of an Ear. They, they, you know, still doing great business and and okay. still have a ton of stuff. When I was in there, they were playing the coolest kind of uh, electronica music. Oh, it was, yeah. it was not modern electronica. It was electronica probably from the eighties or seventies huh. even. Um, and of yeah. course, they had the, the album up on the now playing thing there, but I didn't. Uh, the artist was someone hmm. I'd never heard of, can't even remember now. But it was just really great music. I always hate that because I always feel like a dumbass when you go. I'm like, who's this? What's this music? Because I loved yeah. it, and I was like, yep. If the CD was sitting there in a pile, I would buy it right now. But hmm. you know, in the veneer, it's probably only available on vinyl. And uh, don't they usually like put know? up a placard that that says now playing? Oh yeah, that's yeah. I saw went and looked to see who it was, and mm-hmm. I can't even remember now. Oh okay, um, but I. You know me, I'm always like, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to be that uncool guy that they laugh at. That's like, what's this? Oh, well. well. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, you know, so, know. sometimes you got to put yourself out there and not worry about being made fun of. Well, uh, it's true. Right. I am self-conscious to the point of, of being um, uh, unable to function sometimes. <laughs> okay. 
I just, Aww. I don't know why. I don't know if it's all the drugs I did in the 80s, mm. but sometimes I just get so self-conscious that I am okay. so afraid of looking foolish that I I just stand there. No, I, believe me, we, <laughs> we've, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, yeah. So, wow. End of an year. It's not just a store. It's an experience. <laughs> it was really cool to just go in the middle of the day while I was at lunch. I mean, it's only about 15 minutes from my work, so I was only there for a short time. But it was just like, ah, oh, this is cool to just go hang out here. Just That was my big thing when I was a teenager. I, and in my 20s, I loved going to record stores, man. Yeah. That was my whole life. That's cool. I used to have... I used to have to dream about stuff, but now I can actually afford to buy some of the things in there. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kid in a candy store. Yes. Very cool. All right, man. Fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about everything that I had. Okay. Yeah, I think we're you know we're we're hitting about the uh, hour and a half mark here, so we can just wrap this puppy up. Yeah. Let's do a, a an oblique strategy. Oblique strategy. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's the oblique then- strategy of the week. The oblique strategy of the week. (laughs) Oblique strategies. We haven't talked about this for a little while. Oblique strategies were created by Brian Eno and someone else named Pete or something. Peter. (laughs) Yes, Peter Schmidt. Schmidt. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One hundred. One hundred worthwhile dilemmas. So it's a series of cards that they wrote that were were intended to be things that would spark creativity and uh, help artists and, and um, well, really anyone who yes. was stuck with a, a, a problem see that problem in a new light. Yes, an intuition pump, if you will. Ooh, good one, yeah. Um, so Mark has a copy of the series of cards, and we read one every week on the show. Ah, Thank you for describing that, Lodger, for, you know, somebody who maybe didn't start uh, watch, listening to our show from the very beginning and just hearing about it. So, cool. We should also say, too, that you want, if you can, think of some sort of dilemma or problem you're having in your life and then see if this helps you see it in a new light. Okay. Sorry. No. Good. Good description. Okay. Ooh. Your mistake was a hidden intention. Ooh. Wow, that's... There's a little drama in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Your mistake was a hidden intention. Oh, Damn. wow. Mm. Yeah. Man, that kind of gets into the whole subconscious, you know, maybe you didn't know that you wanted to do something, but subconsciously you really did. Right, yeah. Yes, hmm. It kind of puts the blame right at your feet, too. You better look at it and make sure that <laughs> right. something, something deep inside you didn't cause this situation to begin with. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Also, also, all mistakes aren't necessarily bad things. They're just not what you originally intended. So it could be, you know, along the lines of serendipity, happy accidents. Right? Happy you know. accidents. Did you know that was going to at one time be the name of the uh, Lodger album by Bowie? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, before he, he called the album Lodger, he was going to call it Serendipity? No, Happy Accidents. Oh, he was going to call it Happy Accidents. Okay. At one point, it was going to be called Happy Accidents, I believe. Yes. Hmm. Well, 
I'm glad that he called it Lodger because right now I'd be calling you Happy Accidents. I don't want to go by Happy. <laughs> or or what's worse, before I went by Lodger for a while, I, I went by Ziggy, and that's just a horrible name for a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Only because of the comic strip. Exactly. People think you're named after the comic strip and not the Bowie album. Oh, that so was I, I learned suck. very quickly I better come up with something better, yeah. Right. So, um, oh, I was, oh, did you see I posted on Facebook where my nephew sent me an email the other day and said, I can't believe I totally didn't think of this before. He's a huge Jenny Lewis fan. Um, Jenny Lewis has a song called Slippery Slopes. Yeah. And so I I posted it to Facebook because I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) talk about serendipity. That's cool. You know, it's yeah. funny now, uh, every time I hear somebody use the uh, the term, you know, slippery slope in a sentence, it just rings in my head. I'm like, it's amazing that our podcast is called Slippery Slopes, and everybody I I know is using that term, of course. I, yeah, I use that term, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. I know. I knew that already. But it's like the other day, yeah. Mark Maron said it, and then the other day, somebody else said it. Famous. It's just—it's a very common terminology. But uh, it is. But you know, I don't think I've heard anyone say it since we started the show. Oh, really? Uh, because I would, my ears would certainly perk up if somebody used that term. Okay, I guess uh, I don't recall hearing it at I, all. But you work in engineering, where there's a lot more slippery slopes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they but they weren't necessarily in engineering uh, situations, so it, I don't know. Just uh, right, right. I've I've been lucky in my my hearing habits lately, as of late. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's so funny when you were saying that because I was thinking about one term I do hear. You know, uh, when we did Lube TV, I don't even know. I know our uh, co-host uh, uh, Vanessa one mm-hmm. time came up with the idea of whenever someone says fire in the hole you yell a love, a love story, story. <laughs> yes and that was and funny i don't know if she, yeah i don't know i don't remember what exactly the impetus for that was or if she really is that something she really came up on her own or heard someone else say or whatever but i do know i hear someone say fire in the hole at least once a week <laughs> on tv or in an old movie or yeah. in real life and it, it when it's in real life it's all i can do or when i'm in public and I hear it. It's all I can do to refrain myself from going a love story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so funny that you mentioned that. That I have I've heard that a lot, uh, you know, over the years. And um, on a few occasions, I actually do blurt out a love story. <laughs> I do sometimes too, and people look at you like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes people laugh. Sometimes they look at you like, "Huh." Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I get that mostly. If I if I go for it, I usually get the what? Hey, what? you know what? From if people. if they don't get it, fuck them. Yeah, joke them if they can't take a fuck. Yes. So um, all right. <laughs> so um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, we should have called the show "Fire in the Hole," but it, it <laughs> <laughs> but there was already a podcast called that. Oh, really? <laughs> What's it no, really? I'm just, oh. I know. I just made that up. So. I, th- I think it's All gonna. Right. I think it's gonna be the the name of the uh, the new game show about walls and balls. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see? I posted something about that too. They they put up a thing somewhere online where they're trying to get people to sign up to be on the show. And uh, oh really? And the 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 wall looks like a giant. Do you ever watch um um oh that show The Price Is Right? Yeah. Um, is it like Plinko? You know, 
It's like Plinko. No. It looks like a Plinko board. That's a so, piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, now, you know, it's just like, now I want to see it so bad because it looks so fucking horrible. <laughs> I just want to watch one episode so I can talk about how horrible it is. But yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. They're saying 2017 now before we'll see it, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Well, good, good show. Good week. Yeah, it was a good show. I'm going out of town next week, so I don't know when we'll hang out again, but soon I hope. Well, maybe I can conscript uh, Sierra next week, so to fill in for you, and um, we will see you in two weeks or so. Yeah, a couple weeks. About right. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's just tell our listening audience out there, slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. It's, it's more than just a song by Jenny Lewis. It's an actual podcast. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Take care. I'm going to do my, do my lodger out and proud. <laughs> See you later. Okay. <laughs> so when are you going to do it? Oh, I, uh, that was it. <laughs> 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 oh, you got me. Uh, yeah, I had you there. <laughs>